Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Rémy. All right. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 62 and it is titled How to Set Healthy Boundaries. So in this episode, we're going to talk about um, what is a boundary, why are boundaries important, uh, the different types of boundaries, how to set a boundary, how to set a boundary, <laughs> what happens if you don't set healthy boundaries. So there's, there's actually a lot to cover yes. in this episode. And I think this episode is for you, whether you like a champ at setting boundaries or you feel like, okay, I'm not very good at saying no, at, at, at asking for what I want. And I want to have like guidelines because this is going to reinforce like the best practices and motivate you again to go after what you want and say it in a way that can be heard and be a win-win for everyone involved. So I'm excited about this episode, and before we get started, let's um, let's introduce our sponsor today because this episode is brought to you by Power and Mastery, the most complete sexual training for men to develop your stamina, boost your confidence, and enhance your sexual abilities. And you can find all about Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. So check it out if you want to really just change your sex life for the better. Yes. Okay, so, you know, one of the things that we love to do on this show is we love to talk about topics that are current, at least current for us. Um, in other words, it's come up with several clients or it's come up in our own personal life, something that's really sort of alive in the moment. Mm -hmm. And in the last weekend, or I guess maybe week, we've had multiple either clients and or friends come to us with boundary issues. <laughs> so oh, it's the perfect thing to talk about this week because it really seems to be in the air <laughs> and now on the air. <laughs> so let's start with defining what we mean by boundary. So what is a boundary, you ask? A boundary is a guideline or a rule or a limit that a person creates either to feel seen, to feel or to be loved, respected, but it's really to protect yourself in a sense, ultimately. And there are different ways of setting up those boundaries, and we'll talk more about that. But ideally, when we use that term boundary, these are guidelines or rules. Yeah, and they might be to protect yourself, and they might be just to, to set the stage for how you want to interact. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. You know, there, there was a, a study done, and I, I don't have the actual study here, but there was a study done uh, with children. And, and what they did was, uh, with certain kids, they didn't give them any boundaries. So you can go wherever you want. Yeah, it was in a playground, and they told them, go have fun and play outside in the playground. But they, there was no fence around the playground. And what they noticed is when there was no fence, the kids tend to stay kind of like grouped in the middle, and they didn't really explore and, and, and move around. When they set up a fence where it was very clear boundaries, there were markings, there were a fence, 
The children felt much more free to explore and play around and they were spread out throughout the entire playground. So what that means is when you set a boundary or a fence or a limit in that particular um, scenario, it actually makes people and children feel safer and therefore they feel more comfortable exploring and playing and being free and happy. Yeah, it sounds a little counterintuitive that when you mm-hmm. impose a boundary on something that you feel more free, but it, it does, based on research, seem to be the case, that when people understand, when they know what the rules are, then they're more willing to explore to the full extent of the rules. Mm-hmm. It's just a sort of human nature thing. And for those of you listening who are thinking, well, that's great for children, but I'm an adult, stop and just think for a moment about how much of what you do in your daily life actually was given to you when you were a child, right? And you can talk to any, any psychologist about this, right? Where it's like so much of our behavior and our patterns and the things that we do on a day-to-day basis are actually things that we learned between the ages of, you know, zero and about five. We can stretch it to seven, maybe. Maybe. Depends <laughs> on the person. <laughs> so, okay. So why are boundaries important? And what's the value of sticking to your boundaries? Tell us all, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, why are boundaries important? I mean, you know, like we kind of just said, boundaries sort of um, lay out the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a big fan of setting up the the scenario, the stage, the stage <laughs> whatever you want to call it, for the best possible outcome, mm-hmm. right? And, and unfortunately, I think what a lot of people do is they just kind of let life happen to them, mm. right? And they just go, oh, well, he said this to me, or he treated me that way, or she did this or that. And, and then when you ask them, when you actually stop and talk to them, you say, well, okay, have you ever had a conversation? Have you ever said, that's not an appropriate way to talk to you, or that's not an appropriate action to do? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the answer you get is, well, no, I mean, we never really said it, but I just assumed he, she would know, blah, 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 right? So I'm a big fan of, let's set the ground rules and let's create the environment that gives us the best possible chance for succeeding Mm -hmm. and and not just in relationship, but in life, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than letting the relationship happen to you or the circumstance happen to you, you try to set it up such that you are deciding what is actually going to happen, at least as best you can, right? Because we don't have control over everything. So what you're saying is that you take full responsibility for... uh what happens around or like how you react to things, you teach others how to treat you by telling them what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And in doing so, you're ultimately doing an act of self-love. And I think that's where people sometimes get lost or see boundaries as this, this really negative thing. But if you flip the coin around and you realize that it is as a, an act of self-love because you love yourself and you're like, this is what I can tolerate. This is what I have bandwidth for. This is where I excel and this is where I have to stop so that I can recharge. You are telling others that you love yourself enough to be willing to set boundaries and limits to how people have access to you. And in doing so, you show others what it's like to have love for yourself. 
Yeah, and keep in mind, there's there's what's appropriate in life in general, and then there's what's appropriate for you. And, and that's an important thing because you might set a boundary and then somebody says, well, that's ridiculous because <laughs> why would you need to do that? And the point is, is it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. If that's what you need in order to show up at your best in a relationship, then it doesn't really matter if that's not what most people do or if mm-hmm. somebody thinks it's unreasonable because it's what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to look a little bit at the different kinds of boundaries. And we kind of really lumped them into two categories where we have the physical boundaries. So when we think about physical boundaries, we are thinking about um, that you need some personal time or space for yourself or that you have... Um, in the sexual context, a certain need for foreplay before having sex. So your boundary is like you're not going to have penetration until you feel fully aroused in your genitals or whatever that looks like for you. But in the realm of the physical, I mean, we can go as far and and here because we are on the Love Lab podcast, we are really focusing on the love and relationship aspect. Um, But it can also look at the physical in terms of your physical safety in some relationship where there's a or like different things that do happen, setting a boundaries around your physical safety can be absolutely, well, it's basically uh, saving your own life to do that too. Yeah. So, you know, physical boundary would be like, you know, maybe in a, in a heated argument, somebody would be like, mm-hmm. grab you by the arm oh. and they want to, you know, really uh, get in your face. <laughs> and so a physical boundary might be there, there. If we're having an argument, there won't be any hands on in any mm-hmm. way, not even grabbing my hand. Mm-hmm. Like that's a boundary, mm-hmm. not even getting in my face. A boundary might even be you, uh, you can't yell mm-hmm. when you're having a conversation. There's, there's a lot of boundaries there that like you said, are, are teaching people how you want to be interacted with. There's, of course, physical boundaries for safety. You know, obviously something like hitting or abuse would be a very clear boundary. Um, but there's also boundaries, as you indicated, with uh, sexuality as mm-hmm. well, right? So the boundary might be, you know, I need a certain amount of foreplay or I need a certain position or I need a certain this or that in order to be able to you know, either have sex or fully open up or whatever it is. And so healthy physical boundaries are very important. The second kind of boundaries is emotional. And there's a line like it kind of gets blurred because you're like, well, you know, as soon as you're like yelling in my face, we're already getting close to being into the emotional realm. And so with the emotional, that's about you need to get really clear on how others talk to you. And that's really important. Um, And I also want to mention, you know, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. So if you want people to talk to you in a calm, relaxed manner and not be upset, like don't be the one who's going to scream at them. Um, Show them by example, but also set very clear boundaries, verbal, verbal, like don't just leave clues, like verbally request things if necessary. Another part of emotional boundary setting is about not standing for what we call emotional terrorism. And uh, emotional terrorism kind of looks like you made me feel this way and you did this and I'm so mad and you this and I'm that and you and you and this. And it's like 
basically, ultimately, you feel way worse at the end of the conversation that you did at the beginning. And everything has turned to be about you, even though it's the person having an issue. And it's because it's your fault. Yeah, and that's that's one form of emotional terrorism. But there's actually a lot of forms of emotional mm-hmm. terrorism. One is constantly doing the blame game, of course, mm-hmm. right? It's always the other person's fault. But there are others as well. Um, another one would be uh, passive aggressive. Mm. This is something you see a lot in relationships. That sort of passive, no, no, it's okay. And then making <laughs> them pay big for it later on. Um, that's another form of emotional terrorism. And then there's gaslighting too. Mm. And if you're not familiar with gaslighting, I mean, I think pretty much everybody is these days because it's been in the news so much. But the idea of gaslighting is constantly creating these scenarios or situations where it always makes the other person seem like uh, they're crazy in some way, Mm. right? So you keep creating all these little subtle situations that gets the person to doubt their own self, right? And that's the whole, you know, emotional terrorism game that people play when it comes to gaslighting, which is somebody might feel inside that that they know that they're, they're right about a certain thing, but the other person keeps doing all this sort of subtle stuff in the background to the point where they start to go, well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I, I have it all wrong. Maybe and you start to doubt yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's me after all. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's yet another form of, of what we would call emotional terrorism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those things, they're very subtle. Mm-hmm. And it can be often very difficult to realize that this is occurring in your relationship. And that's one of the reasons why setting these boundaries from the beginning is so important. Because the the problem is, is if you don't realize that it's happening, you could go months, years of enduring this emotional terrorism and the toll that it takes on you Mm -hmm. before you ever even realize that it was happening. Mm -hmm. And so setting boundaries right away, you start a new relationship, you have these types of conversations. They don't have to be put in the negative. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that later, about how to set proper Mm -hmm. boundaries. But just that's why that's one of the main reasons why it's so important. Mm -hmm. So you brought up a really important thing in terms of like, sometimes people don't even realize that there's boundaries issue and things around that. And I think it's, how do you know really is how do you feel when you're around the person? How do you feel after you interacted with the person? Are you building up a lot of resentment? Are you uh, feeling upset after you've speaking with somebody? When you think about them, you're like, like this, like angry or honoriness that comes up. If there's things like this, these are usually signs that you are letting this person walk over you in terms of over your boundaries. And that you're probably not setting your boundaries very well. Um, so look for that. Look for those signs. There was one more thing in our emotional boundaries on why you would want to set emotional boundaries, which is about being clear on which emotions belong to you and the fact that you do not need to take on other people's emotions. Yeah, this is a big one. In fact, like I said in the beginning of this episode, we like to talk about things that are current and happening. And we were actually having a conversation with a friend who was relaying uh, something that she experienced with another friend, basically was saying that her friend had a conversation with her and said that she processes all of her 
partner's emotions because he doesn't process them. He tends to bottle them up inside. So she takes all that stuff on herself and then processes it. That is a very unhealthy situation. Now, you know, I I guess maybe it's better that at least somebody's working on processing them, but really we have to be responsible for our own emotions and we have to work through them ourselves. So the real solution to that is to find ways to encourage, in this case, him to identify, recognize, and deal with his own emotions because the, the waters get really muddy when you start doing that and then you can't, you're not really sure, is that my thing? Is that his thing or her thing? Mm-hmm. Like, whose emotion is that really? And, and, you know, what you do to work on something really depends on whose issue it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also something to be said about the person who's choosing to take on the other person's emotion because maybe they don't have enough self-love for themselves. Maybe they don't have passion and hobbies in life and they have nothing better to do and that gives them a sense of purpose and a sense of doing something but ultimately if you dig in deeper they don't have a sense of full satisfaction there's a sense of sacrifice um, which has been glamorized I know that even in my family if you if we look back a, a generation or two there was this idea of like wow well, the more suffering the better it is it means you know a hard life is a good life and I don't think it has to be that way. Um, and that setting boundaries to make your life not as difficult as, you know, it like it doesn't have to always be super hard and difficult is actually a good thing to be able to do so. Yeah, that idea of the more hardship you endure, the better. That's the slave master convincing the slave that it's okay to have a hard life, a hard existence. <laughs> now, I won't deny that difficult circumstances can... Uh, force you to grow and become mm-hmm. better people. But we shouldn't be wearing like a badge of honor all of the difficulty and hardship and suffering. And we shouldn't be intentionally seeking out that suffering mm-hmm. in order to advance or raise our consciousness or evolve or whatever word you want to call it. <laughs> and that actually is something that I see a lot in the New Age self help sort of, you know, spiritual world where it's all about, you've got to go through the dark, darkest parts to have your dark night of the soul. You've got to go through the pain and the horror and all of this to get to the other side. (laughs) There's value in that to an extent. And then past that extent, you're just wallowing in your own shit. Right, (laughs) And so, yeah, sometimes you need to go through some difficult things. But the more shit you go through doesn't make you any more evolved or any more enlightened than anybody else. And there is something to be said that the more you push to make things happen, oftentimes the less happy you are. And so the more we learn to let go and be like, okay, and surrender, even when things are hard, things open up and change. So I want to look at the different ways of setting boundaries because now we're getting clearer on, okay, some boundaries, on on how they show up. And even though people know about boundaries, many people don't fall in the healthy boundary category. So you want to fall in the healthy boundary category, which is all about when you're able to set a boundary and you're able to, to change it when there's a new set of information that arises, that comes through. So you're like navigating through life without controlling it and just like keeping this 
happy experience. And that's when you have healthy boundaries. Yeah. So the, the key to the healthy boundary is one, you have to set it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. You have to set the healthy boundary. Two, you have to be willing to stick with the boundary. Mm-hmm. And three, you have to be willing to change the boundary if the circumstances change or some input factor changes, right? So, and you, you can talk in the, in the rigid boundaries about that. But. So the other category that a lot of people fall in is, okay, they learn to, to, sit, to, to set boundaries, so then they become really rigid. That's what Kevin's talking about. So it's like, it is my way or my way. <laughs> I am now good at setting boundaries. And it's like, it's kind of like an old paradigm. And when I think of that, I kind of think of like my grandpa, somebody who was very rigid in their way. Um, but it's like, it doesn't really have any um, leeway for creating win-win. <laughs> well, and it doesn't really have any explanation because when people have super <laughs> rigid boundaries like that, if you actually ask them the question, why? <laughs> Why does that boundary exist? Because I said so. That's often the... <laughs> well, just just because. Or because I said so. Or because that's just the way it is. Uh-huh. Or because, well, that's the way my father did it and his father and his father before it. You know, you get those kind of answers. Where What you should get is... The reason why I set that boundary is because if I don't have that boundary, here's what's likely the outcome. I would like this other outcome over here, so I'm creating a healthy boundary around it in hopes that I will be able to, to have this healthy outcome. Yeah, this is really well, this is very well explained. So then where people can fall into, and I see a lot of people in that category, is the mm-hmm. one we call the wishy-washy. And so they're like, okay, I'm setting a boundary but I don't really stick to what I say and I allow others to have their way. Um, And ultimately, I feel like shit at the end. See, the problem with wishy-washy boundaries is that, one, the person thinks that they have boundaries. Yes. Yes, and you you hear this all the time when you you coach people, right? You're like, oh, okay, have you set a boundary around that? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I set a boundary on that. We had this conversation and I don't know what else to do because I've already set the boundary. And then as you dig in a little deeper and you find out a little bit more, it turns out, yeah, you set the boundary, but you didn't keep the boundary. Or you didn't set a consequence. And this is a very important thing to remember because setting a boundary is one part, but oftentimes you have to have a consequence. Like what happens actually if the boundary is crossed? You know, how important is the boundary? Like, is it a survival issue or is it a preference? Uh, so the consequence will be adapted depending on where you fall in, in the uh, uh, on the spectrum of being like super important or not. But the consequence is what happens when that person is crossing your boundary. And the consequence is the most important part. If you don't follow through and there's no consequence. And by the way, some people are like, oh, well, I don't feel right to set a consequence. You don't even have to decide it for yourself. This could be a conversation that you have together. Like, okay. Like, what would you think would be a fair consequence if this boundary was crossed? Yeah, and and the consequences don't have to be negative punishment things either. That's an important thing to say. A consequence could simply mean, if you raise your voice to me when we're trying to have a discussion, I'm not going to continue having a discussion, Mm -hmm. right? So if you want to sit down and work this out, then you're not going to talk to me that way, right? And so, 
you know, when we, when we hear consequences, it's probably because of the way we were all raised. Like the consequences were always negative in some way. They don't necessarily have to be negative. The consequence might be, okay, if, if you start yelling and you're not able to have a reasonable conversation like two adults, then I'm going to call a timeout and we're going to take separate space until we can come back together and have a reasonable conversation. That, that's one uh, example of a consequence that isn't necessarily a negative one. Mm-hmm. It could be like a boundaries that crossed in an agreement, in a relationship agreement, where somebody cheats or, or does something that had not you know, been part of the agreement. And then you guys can have a, a big conversation around, okay, this, this happened, and I can see my part in it. Maybe I didn't give you attention. Maybe I was too busy working. Maybe this and that. And then the person's like, yeah, I didn't feel loved. And then it's like, okay... So I'm willing to to be okay with that and take responsibility. And if I if that happens again, um, I'm going to call the relationship. We are off. You know, I'm going to do my best to show you my love. I'm going to make an effort, and you're going to do something too. So there's also these are the type of consequences that you can talk about and ahead. The thing is, you can't just decide without letting the other person know this is the consequence, and like call off a relationship without <laughs> have a have like a conversation about it. Are you saying that you have to communicate your yes. boundaries yes. and your consequences? Absolutely. So Well, who would have thought? I know. <laughs> so I, I would love, 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 love to get into how to set the boundaries. But before we get into that, I just want to like, okay, go one little bit deeper into like, hey, what happens in a relationship when you have like, when you don't have strong boundaries? Oh, me, me. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, Kevin. <laughs> well, the very first one is if, if you either don't set boundaries or you don't keep your boundaries, then you're teaching the other person uh, basically how you don't want to be treated, mm-hmm. right? So what you're teaching them, let's say you set a boundary, but you don't really stick to it. So what you've just taught that person is that the boundaries don't matter. Yes. And this is a big one you see with parents and kids all the time, right? Parent sets a boundary. You are not going to do this. If you do you know, take away the PlayStation or whatever it is, right? And then the kid does it and then they don't follow through. They don't take away the PlayStation. Well, what does the kid learn in that moment? It doesn't fucking matter what mom or dad say because they ain't going to do shit anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then they just keep doing the thing they're not supposed to do. It happens in relationship too. Like, okay, if this doesn't happen by that day, I'm out or we no longer a couple. But ultimately you still stay with it. So what do you do? You start to threaten the relationship and create this very weird energy of like, I'm not fully in. And then it kind of opens the door for a lot of other stuff. Yeah, well, that example you just gave is is also uh, what we would call an ultimatum, Mm -hmm. but you never want to do ultimatums in your relationship either. So Unless you really mean it. Well, there might be a few times where a healthy ultimatum is 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 good, but uh-huh. but nine times out of ten, when people do ultimatums in their relationship, they're bad. Yes, they're bad. This is this isn't about ultimatums, but just know that. <laughs> so, what happens too in a relationship without really good boundaries? There's a lot of blaming, judging, criticizing, um, resentment that's being built up. Yeah, that's the big one that I wanted to make sure that we talked about was resentment. The thing is, is If you set a boundary, and even if you're the one who's letting that boundary lapse, and it's your own fault for doing so, there's always going to be this low level of resentment that it's like 
a parasite that's slowly killing the relationship. Mm. And over time, that the more you do that, the bigger that resentment grows and grows and grows. And it's literally like a virus that's killing you. Yeah, it's killing the polarity, the attraction. So you're most likely not having great sex anymore. You're not having the respect for each other. You're not having enough respect for yourself. I mean, it really erodes at the foundation of the relationship, like Kevin is saying. So it's really like... It's essential to be able to do that. And then the last part that I wanted to bring in is also a lot of women do that, where they sacrifice their dreams or their plans in order to please other. And I'm saying women because I see it happening more for the women than I do see it for the men. However, I've seen it happen in both people where a guy agreed to have a kid when they didn't want to and then their dream was to travel around the world, but they're kind of stuck now for like 20 years. And who knows how much money they'll have left or time or energy uh, once the kid has grown up. Um, women who are like, it's all about my kids. And then the relationship, it takes its toll on the, uh, on the relationship. Or I'm not going to go for uh, this job that I wanted to, or whatever that is. You sacrifice yourself. And again, like we mentioned it earlier, this is not something that you should wear as a badge of honor. It's not about being selfish, but it's just about being congruent with yourself and that's when you're able to be like this is who I am this is what I want and I love myself fully and unconditionally in all the ways that I am then others can do that for you as well and that's really what creates more beautiful relationship when you need you don't need to apologize or explain or justify anything anymore because you're just like that's how it is but I'm doing this kindly and lovingly Everything else follows. Yeah. So let's get into how to set proper boundaries because now that you understand that they are essential and crucial to your own sanity and, and, and relationship longevity, um, let's take a look first. What do you do? Well, first you look at what are the, like, do I have boundaries? What are the existing boundaries or what is it lacking? Do I not have boundaries? And then importantly too, look at the different aspects of your life because some people are really good. Let's say they're really good with their friends at like setting boundaries, make not can do this tonight, but they suck at it in their romantic partnership or the opposite, or they really don't have good boundaries with their family or parents or at work, or they're good at work, but not in the family. Like you get it, right? So, so the first thing is, is take an assessment of what boundaries you may or may not already have. That way you can figure out where you need to create boundaries <laughs> that may not exist, but need to. The second thing is, is you have to really communicate those boundaries. And, and what came to my mind as you were just talking about that a moment ago was I remember years ago uh, going to a poly event with my partner and we were carpooling and we had another person who was also going to this same event. And the person riding with us said, so, so what are your guys' boundaries for this event? And, and my partner goes, well, we don't have any boundaries. And I turn around, I'm driving in the car. I turn around, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> of course we have boundaries. And then I named like five boundaries, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, how, how is it that she thought we had no boundaries and I thought that we had these boundaries, right? So communication, right? So it's, it's one thing to set the boundaries, but if nobody knows what the boundaries are, <laughs> it's not really going to help. 
And if your communication style is different, you know, I see a value in writing things down because then it's like, or like repeating, what did you hear me say? Or like, can you tell me in your own words what, how you heard, like what we talked about? How would you explain it to somebody else? And then you can hear it again and be like, okay, or like, let me clarify this one point because that was not super clear. Yeah, and actually the, the way we resolved that was I said, oh my God, I can't believe she thinks we don't have boundaries. So we, let, we literally wrote them down uh-huh. and I kept them in a note on my phone <laughs> so that they were readily available at any moment. Here's the list right here. <laughs> this is what we have agreed to. <laughs> um, I want to say something too, uh, because this came up in a conversation with one of our friends who inspired us to do this episode, is how you communicate that boundary is really important, yes. right? Because you can just say, this is my boundary and that's it. Boom, done, all right? It's because I need this boundary and that's it. I don't want to hear it. Or you could say, well, I would like to set this boundary because I know myself and I know that if this isn't in place, then I will probably do this or this outcome will happen. And so really the setting this boundary is for both of our benefits. Because if I do this, then I won't have any resentment. I'll be happier. And then that will translate into our relationship. We will be more harmonious, right? So one of the things that that I always tell people, whether it's their relationship or negotiating with their business, you know, when they want a new position or they, they want something out of it, I say, you got to show the other side of the negotiation, what the benefit is for them. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's, that was my next step here, Kevin, that you explained very well. Uh, like you have to take responsibility and you have to focus on yourself in terms of like, instead of saying like, hey, you have to not bother me when I'm at my desk. Like, okay, yeah, you're focusing on yourself, but you're telling the other person what to do, which nobody loves to hear. But you could shift that around and say something along the lines, okay, just so you know, I'm closing and locking my door because I need some undisturbed time so I can accomplish all the work that I need. And then I'll feel more uh, productive and I'll be able to spend the evening with you and I won't have to focus on like the things that hasn't been done. Exactly. And, and a big key to that is, Yes, I'm locking the door so that I can get this done, and I want to get it done so that once it's done, I can give you 100% of my attention. Mm-hmm. I can focus on you. I can let the day's stresses go, and we can just be together. So mm-hmm. again, it's that like what's in it for them kind of thing. Yeah, and then I want you to remember that no is a complete sentence. and yes (laughs) you don't have to justify and i think this is a this is a work i had to do on myself like oftentimes like well no because you know if i did this and this and then i I tell you know like a three minute story of like how this happened in my childhood and this is why now i need to do it this way and it's not quite relevant and it's really not essential yeah, thank you for bringing that up because the whole idea of expressing what a benefit is mm-hmm. could be misinterpreted as a justification mm-hmm. because you don't need to justify why you have a boundary. But it can be helpful to explain the healthy reasons why, but it's not a justification. You're not telling the person, uh, I'm doing it this way Uh, because that makes it okay to have this boundary. It's okay to have the boundary no matter what. (laughs) But you're also just saying that, by the way, when I set this boundary, because this is what I need, there's also a benefit in it for you. 
Mm-hmm. And then remember, uh, depending on the type of boundaries, the relationship and stuff, like having a consequence that you are willing to follow through with. And like Kevin mentioned, the consequence does not always have to be negative. Like it could also be like, hey, you know, consequence could be if this is being respected very well, it could be a nice reward. That's a really nice consequence too, you know, like <laughs> we don't have to always think of it as punishment, right? Uh, but it could be like, wow, even I do that for myself. Okay, if I'm like, if I don't go on social media and I get all my work done, then I give myself permission to, I don't know, uh, go for 20 minutes then on social media because I was able to stay away from it or like go on YouTube or like whatever that is, right? Oh, you mean there could be rewards? <laughs> there could be rewards. Oh, what kind? <laughs> well, it's all up to you. It's all up for negotiation, but it's not going to happen <laughs> on the air, Kevin. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> so ultimately, I think the takeaway is this. Setting boundaries is an act of self-care and self-love and it is crucial. Start small, but start today. Pick one area of your life where you are noticing that you are not always sticking to your boundaries or you could do better. Don't try to change everything at once. Pick one area and just be empowered by saying no. If you have friends that are willing to play along or partners, it could be a day of no, where you decide that today every question your partner is going to ask, you're simply going to say no. And they know that you discuss this just to start practicing saying no. And then you'll see that the more you say no, the easier it becomes, and the more empowered you feel. And, and then it's just, you don't have to think it. You don't have to justify it anymore. And you can just be like, wow, this is a full yes right now. And this is a no. And that's when you finally set your life free and have thriving relationship, not only with others, but with yourself. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the perfect place to end this episode. <laughs> All right, everybody. We hope that was helpful, and we hope that you practice setting your boundaries, and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.